Welcome to the St. Michael Fall Podcast Series. My name is Ken Brannan, and I will be leading our meditation today. Our theme this fall is discipleship. May you be blessed for the Christian journey. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. A reading from the Revelation to St. John, chapter 8, beginning at the first verse. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel with a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given a great quantity of incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar that is before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Now the seven angels who had the seven trumpets made ready to blow them. The first angel blew his trumpet, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and they were hurled to the earth. And a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. The second angel blew his trumpet, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea became blood, a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many died from the water because it was made bitter. The fourth angel blew his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of their light was darkened. A third of the day was kept from shining, and likewise the night. Then I looked, and I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew in mid-heaven, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth! at the blasts of the other trumpets that the three angels are about to blow. Here ends the reading. When I was a child, my family attended a little Bible church in Mandeville, Louisiana. The elderly preacher was funny, the congregation was like family, and I remember a lot more about playing with my friends outside than I do about the substance of my Sunday school classes. I probably spent more time in that church building than any other place besides home and school. Part of the reason I spent so much time there was my mom. I'm not sure if she was the pastor's dream or nightmare. Not only would she attend every adult Bible study class after church, she was also the last person to leave the room, asking the pastor questions or sharing stories from her week. I would try to keep myself busy while I waited for her, but eventually I would just slump down in the outdoor breezeway and watch the insects crawl around. If you can become a Christian by spending time in a church building, then that explains why I became a priest, faithfulness by osmosis. Every now and then, I would slip into the adult Sunday school class and listen to what the adults were talking about, or hear snippets of the questions my mom would ask after everyone else had left. 
I'm not sure if I only paid attention when they were talking about the book of Revelation, or if that's the only book they studied, but I sure remember a lot of conversations about the rapture, the tribulation, dispensations, and fiery angels. I remember graphs, discussions about what would happen when, and a note of sadness for the poor souls who would be left behind when Jesus comes again in glory. Revelation is scary stuff, especially for a kid. And I've talked to many former fundamentalists who, when they were young, had trouble going to sleep because they were worried about the horsemen of the apocalypse or being left behind. Entire generations of Christians have been subjected to bad theology and poor biblical interpretation, and only a handful ever break free from the mistaken narratives passed along by well-meaning pastors like mine. I wouldn't even care, except misreading Revelation continues to cause harm today. For example, some fundamentalist Christians encourage people to ignore the climate crisis or even exacerbate it because it will bring about the second coming of Christ promised in the book of Revelation. The logic is that our home is in heaven and it is much more important than our home on earth. So go ahead and let it burn. Some fundamentalist Christians urge people not to receive the new coronavirus vaccine when it is ready because it will include a high-tech government tracker that corresponds to the mark of the beast in the book of Revelation. Some fundamentalist Christians hope that Israel goes to war with its neighbors because that is a necessary step for Christ to come again, according to a literal reading of the book of Revelation. I could go on. The problem isn't the book of Revelation. The problem is misreading it. The Revelation according to John is a style of literature called Apocalypse, which is marked by a focus on end times, dramatic battles between good and evil, highly symbolic language, and an assurance of God's ultimate victory. Apocalyptic literature tells us more about the writer and his or her community than what will happen in the future. Apocalyptic literature almost always arises when people are beaten up and broken down and can't express their faith openly for fear of persecution. Apocalyptic literature points to a day when God will reign over the earth with justice and peace and the faithful will once again be safe and secure. It's not predictive as much as it is vocational. It conjures up a future that matches the current struggle and shows that God is victorious through it all. We're not exactly sure what the angels in today's passage from Revelation meant to John, but it's pretty clear that his faith community was in danger. Heavenly forces were needed to judge the evildoers and restore safety to the church. But I don't think John ever intended his apocalypse to be interpreted literally or to serve as a blueprint for the present day. The book of Revelation can make us better disciples if it increases our empathy for struggling communities, widens our imagination about the power of God, and gives us hope for a future in Christ. But if it becomes a weapon to justify abuse of the earth, resistance to reasonable authority, or warmongering among nations, then Revelation doesn't lead us closer to Christ but actually instills attitudes and behaviors that Christ condemned. 
A famous Christian song puts it best. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Remember that when reading the book of Revelation. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth, and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your Spirit upon all flesh, and hasten the coming of your kingdom through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.